On this Aviation special, we sit down with Eric Smith and the guys from Savvy as uh, Eric has joined the board of directors. We talk about the future and disruption in the AV industry. All that and more next on this Aviation special. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is an AV Nation special. Eric Smith and Savvy. This is Tim Albright with an AV Nation special. Uh, we are going to sit down here with the, the Savvy folks because they've got some some interesting and some some kind of uh, exciting news uh, to talk about. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Mr. Eric Smith uh, joined their board of advisors, their, their board of directors, rather, as a technical advisor. So we're going to talk with Eric as well as, as John Zorsey and uh, Derek uh, Wilson. Uh, first, uh, John, uh, good morning and, and welcome to you, sir. Morning. Uh, and Mr. Wilson, you and I have spent an awful lot of time together uh, between uh, Savvy uh, Connect and a couple other things. So how are you? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I am well. I am well. Uh, and last but not least, Eric uh, Smith, uh, you guys have, have seen Eric uh, around the industry roughly for 30 years. Eric, is that fair to say? It's about 30 years. Yeah, I've been around for a while. I'm glad to all see right. you. All uh, right. Nice to meet you. And I've never met, uh, sat down with you before, but so this will be kind of a uh, uh, Neat and interesting for me, um, John. I want to start with you on this. Uh, when, when, when we got the press release, right, and and talking with some folks in the industry, uh, and I'm going to pick up my my buddy Joe Whitaker, uh, who is a guy here in, in St. Louis, um, and he said, um, "I'm not going to say it exactly because I'd have to bleep myself, but holy crap, this is a huge deal." Uh, um, so, so, Please don't don't bleep yourself. I, well, yeah, um, he didn't say crap. Let me just put it that way. So, so John, why is this a big effing deal? I mean, Eric changed the residential industry. He just did. He he came in with Control Four. He was the technical brains behind all of that, and he he, he changed the industry. I mean, and. Uh, he's going to do the same with us, with Savvy, um, uh, for the commercial industry. All right. Uh, Eric, I'm, I'm going to pick on you for a second here. Um, you know, John mentions the fact that, that you, what you did in, in, in residential, you're, you guys are going to do in, in commercial. And that's kind of a theme, actually, um, that we've, when we've been talking to, to Savvy uh, the last few months, uh, what Control 4 did in, in residential, Savvy is aiming to do in, in, in commercial. Talk for a second about what that is, though. You know, if, if somebody's not familiar necessarily with the, the backstory of Control 4 or, you know, kind of the, the way you guys entered the market to disrupt it, really, um, and, and kind of equate that to what, what Savvy's doing now. Yeah, so before, uh, before starting Control 4, I had had another home automation manufacturing company called Fast. Uh, some of the people that have been around for a long time will remember that. It stood for Practical Home Automation Systems Technologies with a PH. Uh, we built a company that grew quite rapidly, and, and uh, after about 18 months of shipping, we sold out and uh, moved on and had non-compete agreements. We then uh, went and did a, actually, this was 1998, we went and sold, we did a company that did broadband in hotels. So back when you used to have to pay $10 for the internet, that, that was us, a company called Ibon, uh, and uh, did very well with that. And then we thought, let's come back to the industry, but we didn't want to just build another high-end home automation company that would compete with some of the players that had been there before. We wanted to change the industry. So our whole goal was, we'd actually tell people, don't sell just to the house on the top of the hill, sell to all the houses on the way up to the top of the hill. 
And so we wanted to disrupt the market. That was the whole thing. We were, we'd, I'd read Innovator's Dilemma. I wanted to figure out how to do that to the residential space. And so we did it in three ways. One of the things we did is we lowered the cost by doing tighter integrations. Our initial uh, launch product was a thing called the Home Theater Controller. It was $499 MSRP with a remote. It generated an on-screen interface. You didn't need a touch screen. Uh, and it, it was an audio server and it could control lighting all natively. You didn't need a separate processor to do those things. So by integrating lots of technologies into one box, we were able to dramatically bring the price point down. We also came out with a $99 light switch, which no one, no smart light switches that were, you know, besides X10 were available at that kind of price point. So we made it possible to broaden the market by the cost of the hardware. The other thing we did is we thought a big element of the cost is the cost of the programming. Most of these systems had to be programmed in a script language. So you literally have a person coding the house, which creates reliability problems and creates just a lot of cost because there's a lot of effort to that. Also, the UI had to be custom designed for every home. It was the integrator's job to custom design UI for every single job. That creates ultimate flexibility, but it also creates real challenges in the market. And we felt like that had to be fixed. So we said, let's not try to build something that would cover everything, but let's make it so you just drag and drop, tell it basically what's in the house, how it's connected, and then the UI auto-generates and there's nothing else to it. There's no real additional programming to make the home work. And that really did change things. And then the last thing we did is we leveraged the existing IP network. And back in 2003, when we launched Control 4, that was pretty controversial. Lots of vendors would say, yeah, the IP networks aren't reliable enough, they're not fast enough, you, you can't depend on them, you need a separate control network. And, and it's become clear over time that, that, was not, that there were no problems there, that, that really did work well. But that strategy is how we tried to disrupt the market, how to try to change it by bringing the cost down, by bringing the complexity down, and by simplifying the UI. Now that did create some lack of customizability, right? And it's a, not really a word, I think, but I, I like it. Uh, it, it you, you don't get everything it. totally custom, but we were like the <laughs> 95% use case. That was the goal. Yeah. We said, you know, if you need something totally custom, we're not your guys. We're trying to be the 95% use case. Everything else, go, there's other great vendors in the market that can do totally custom use them for those jobs. Just use us for the case where you want to save a little bit of money and you want to get a, an efficient system that you can get in, get out and get paid. Well, Derek, talk about that for a second, because that that's one of the things that, you know, in, in your and I's conversation and in, um, you can go back and watch the, the interview we did with, with Top Golf, which is one of your guys' biggest clients. That's part of the sales process when you, when you guys were dealing with, with Top Golf was the, yeah, honestly, the, the the ease of use, right, and the ease of going getting in and getting out uh, quickly. So, talk about you know that kind of disruption and that disruptive nature of you know making it as, as Eric says the ninety five percent use case. Oh yeah, absolutely, and that's what we gear towards is just efficiency for not not just the UI experience of the end user, but efficiency for an entire organization and company, um, and you know. Control 4 really did that in residential back then. And when, when John and I started in this in the AV world in residential, it allowed us to be efficient as a company just starting off back then. And it really excelled us to grow faster and faster and faster because we were able to get in and out of projects. Um, and that's what we're doing the same with, with Savvy 3 and Creator. So we're gearing towards that efficiency for an entire organization to get them in and out of the projects to really excel their company to a whole new level. So um, we're very excited to have uh, Eric on board to really streamline and guide us as a company so we can have some just 
heavy hitter mentalities for the commercial industry now. John, walk me through the process here. Um, and, and I'm not trying to, to butter Eric up or make him embarrassed or blow smoke anywhere. <laughs> but it, it, That's my job. Yeah, 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 it is your job. But but Eric has been around a long time. He's he's got a string of successes, right? Uh, and to say that he's a big deal in the in the AV industry, I, I think is is fair, right? Um, so how number one did you guys come up with the idea of you know what we should give Eric Smith a call and have him on our board? That that's what we should do. You know, it's, it's almost, it's almost as if, you know what, I wonder what Bill Gates is doing right now. <laughs> I don't think he's busy. Right. I, I, I think that he should, you know, it's, you know, and I'm, not, I'm not calling you Bill Gates, Eric, but, but, you know, kind of equate with me, walk with me here for a second. Uh, I'm going to use two big names here. So you've already said one. So D- Derek and I were trying to figure out, we, we were at a fork in a road on something with savvy and we <clears> said <throat> to each other and across my newsfeed uh, was an article that talks about, Bill Gates, before he faces any large problem, he asks two questions. Who has dealt with the problem well, and what can you, what can you learn from them? Okay. And Derek and I looked at each other, and we said, Eric Smith. So we, uh, I texted Eric, and he was here five days later. He goes, let me get on a plane. He came to our office five days later, and within 24 hours, he was – uh, he was, he joined the team. I mean, he was part of the, part of our advisory board and helping us navigate waters that we were probably going to hit several rocks on the way. <laughs> and we're in, I'll, I'll be able to navigate those. And, you know, we're, we're a pretty big officers, about a hundred of us. And the people would ask, well, why is this a big deal? And, and I said, well, if we were going to build a smartphone and the late great uh, Steve Jobs joined us. That's about the equivalence of this thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> and everybody like, okay, I get it now. I get it. <laughs> and again, I'll add no pressure, Eric. But I can juggle. <laughs> he can, well, you, you have something up on me. Um, Cause I, I can think I can do two. Um, well, and, and all kidding aside, you know, you, there have been some big names and, and you, again, uh, you've, you've had a string of successes within the, the in, in industry. So when you come to that table, right, when you come to, you know, the, the, the board of, of Savvy, you know, what, what are you able to kind of like help them? And, and what's, what's your, what, I guess, what's your goal here? What is, what do you help to, to accomplish? Tim, you this is just going on for like three hours or four hours or how long you yeah. <laughs> however long you'd like. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think I, the way I see my role is just kind of being an advisory person, helping guide them down the path. And frankly, I've been doing this long enough that I've made almost all the mistakes you can make, and I've learned from them. And there's just a lot of tricks to building hardware that's reliable and building a company and growing it the right way. And there's just tons of pit holes that, that potholes in the world that you can hit. And I've been both in the commercial space and in the residential space in my career. And uh, I've just seen a lot of them hit and hopefully I can help them avoid those. And, and also the lessons learned just about how to get costs down on things and how to make them more efficient and how to make software more reliable and make it more user-friendly and even just how to manage a company as it grows. I, I had a mentor for me that talked about how hard it is to grow a company. He says, you know, Almost anyone with any small business can get a million dollar business. You know, like a dry cleaner on the corner can be a million dollar business. That's not very hard. 
And someone who's smart can grow that business to 10 million. It's not really that hard to even get a business to $10 million a year, but going from 10 to a hundred million is effing hard. Matter of fact, it's easier to go from a hundred million to a billion than it is from 10 million to a hundred million. And I've done that twice now in my career and it is hard. And just some of the lessons learned from going through those kinds of experiences from being a small startup, growing through a very big company, those lessons, hopefully I can help guide and direct a little bit there and, and give them the places where I think I understand things. But I also know where I don't know things and I'll just be another brain around the table to help them figure things out. Yeah. yeah. And that, that really showed whenever he first came, like what John was referring to a few weeks ago, he just came to our office and we just kind of did a deep dive into the tech and it was instant collaboration of what we could do to really disrupt the industry. How can we make people's lives easier? How can we make our lives easier as a company to get to that goal faster? So it was, it was just a great experience right off the bat. And you could instantly tell that the amount of knowledge that he has from his past uh, experiences. Knowledge and values too. Eric has a real strong value for people and helping people grow people. And it's a, it's something that's near and dear to my heart as well. So it, it, it's, it's a nice connection. There's a culture fit. Oh yeah. Well, some of that also is, is, you know, this is, we, we've mentioned the fact that, that Savvy is aiming to do what Control Ford did. There has to be some of that, some of that, Eric, that where, you know, this is, this is a path that you've already kind of walked. And it's, it's got to be, you know, somewhat of, of kind of a, um, you know, a, a, not, not nostalgic, but a, a, a path you've already gone and, and you already successfully did it. Obviously, you enjoyed it the first time because now you're, you're helping these guys do it again. I'm really pumped. It's just exciting to be playing with this. And one of the things I, uh, I've mentioned to a few people involved here is that my very first company was a company called Synergy. And Synergy, uh, I sold to AMX in 1993, and it became the, their media retrieval product. So it was, it was managing video distribution across college campuses back in the day. And so I, I played in this kind of a role, too, in this kind of similar kind of business, managing lots of displays in a commercial environment. And, and so it's kind of bringing back two of my loves, which is I, I love building Control 4 and kind of disrupting the market. It's what's fun. I actually have twice in my life tried retirement, and it just was too boring. And I've just come back and started building more things because you've got to have something interesting to do. You just, you can only spend so much time reading a book on a beach and, and it gets pretty old. <laughs> how much, how much time is that exactly? I just curious. You know. <laughs> For me, <laughs> we were having a conversation yesterday and I bought a place on Maui and uh, after about two weeks, I want to come home. Yeah. I really like it there, but after, so so I go weeks. five times a year, but I, I yeah, have to come two home. Weeks. <laughs> Two weeks. Okay. I'll, I'll remember. Um, <laughs> let's get into some of the tech here because one of the things that, that both, both Derek and, and Eric hit on was, was making sure that the software is, is, is solid, but also the, the hardware. Uh, Derek, I'm going to start with you with, an, uh, with John, uh, John and Eric on this. That is one of those things that over the last, let's say 25 years, um, the, both the, the tech industry as well as the AV industry has struggled and maybe the last 10, 10 to 15 years, they, they've gotten some of it right. I'm not going to pick on who's gotten it wrong and who's got it right. But, but where, you know, 25 years ago, you know, um, you know, one company, their, their, their hardware was rock solid, right? You could, you could throw a, a, a boulder at it and it wouldn't, it wouldn't quit. The interface wasn't so great. Right. And we can talk about the, those who leverage, you know, internet Explorer for their web interface. And that's a whole nother conversation and why the heck you would never do that. Um, but talk for a second about what you guys are doing to make sure that the software and the hardware kind of 
not just work, you know, collectively, collectively together, but both are solid platforms. Yeah, and merging the teams and, and really getting the, the hardware and software team to work together efficiently is really going to solve a lot of that, those issues uh, going forward. And not only that, learning from the past is huge. Um, and that's really going to set us uh, on, a, on a nice lane going forward. You know, it's in even the other weeks we were talking, like the biggest issues that a lot of products have, it boils down to a few things, but it's things that people overlook power supplies, memory leaks, you know, things like yeah. that, that we really need to focus on. And those are the things that we're really hitting hard on just really tearing these products apart to make sure they're solid for the dealer base. And one of the things that we've been doing for so long is UI. So we've really focused heavily on the UI and making sure it's efficient for end users and the installers. So we're trying to bring those same values into the equipment side and lessons learned is going to get us there. A comment I would make is Savvy started as an integrator of Control 4 and started tackling some of these commercial jobs, just writing software to sit on top of Control 4 that met the needs they needed. So they're a software company at heart. When Savvy was formed, it was a software company, not a hardware company. And now they're branching into hardware. And I find that that doesn't always make the most robust hardware at first, unless there's some guidance there but it makes for better software. Hardware companies have historically been terrible at software. Apple's kind of disrupted that whole cart and made it kind of different. But even at Control 4, we were the same thing. We were a software company that built hardware. And that was our focus. That was the way we did things. That's how I thought of things. As a matter of fact, if you went in when, about the time I left Control 4, which was uh, late 2014, we had 215, 250 software developers. We had four hardware people. Wow. We were a software company that derived almost all of its revenues from hardware, very similar to Apple or something like that. Now, Apple has a lot of content, too, and a lot of other things. But we were a software company at heart that happened to derive its revenues from mostly hardware. Hmm. But that's really what we were. And it was the software on all those devices that made the magic, not the physical hardware. But all those 30 years have taught me a lot about how to make a reliable piece of hardware that will run day in and day out forever and ever and and how to solve those problems of startup. A brand new startup company, they always have challenges. But I've learned a lot about how to overcome those things and do things better and just the years help. Yeah, absolutely. John, I wanna kind of wrap up with, with you here and, and talk about for a second, um, some of the challenges of, of recruitment. And I don't mean necessarily uh, employment recruitment, but I'm, I'm sure that there was some of that. But it's, it is the getting the folks out of their comfort zone, getting the dealers out of their comfort zone when it comes to control systems, right? And, and let's be frank, we all have kind of our go-tos, right? Whether that's because you've spent 10 years and, you know, $20,000 going to this class or that class, or you've been to this conference and I, I am a X, Y, and Z programmer. That's who I am, right? Talk for a second about that challenge and, and ways that you guys, not only just leveraging Eric, but also your entire team, how you're able... Uh, to kind of you know, uh, shepherd uh, a, a, new, um, a new dealer through that process and show them what, what Savvy is able to do? So I, I think the, so two, two, two things. One thing about the hardware. I think hardware uh, has been, uh, I think the installer and the integrator has been forgotten in a lot of ways. Like simply finding the IP address of an IP, of an IP enabled product is too difficult for most products. I mean, it, it, and it should be on the, it should be something very simple to do. And I think that's one thing that Savvy does is focus on the installer as much as the end user. Um, I, 
it's my belief that you have a certain amount of time with your customers. And if you, if you spend most of that time asking them what color they want the interface and what they want the interface to look like and creating it for them custom, you, you lose the ability to broaden the market and, and sell more things to that customer and be an expert, provide support, provide training. Like I, I do believe that um, the simplicity of the simplicity of savvy allows you to grow like, uh, so we came from the integration business and that's where savvy was derived from. And we had, we increased our revenue. We doubled our revenue five years in a row until we were in like number 30 or 35 of the, of the, we weren't listed on the, we were not on the top list of the top 100 integrators, but if we would have submitted ourselves, we'd have been about 35. Yeah. So, and that wasn't because necessarily because of savvy. It was because we were able to broaden what we provide, including support for customers. So I think it's a, it's, it is a bit of a paradigm shift instead of spending all the energy on recreating something custom for an, for an end user. I, I think providing things like access control and cameras and things like that uh, broadens your market for a customer. And, and you, again, like I said, you only get a certain amount of time with them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, as we wrap up here, um, you know, Derek, we'll, we'll start with you as, as you know, um, what are you hoping to, I, I don't know, th this, is, this is a weird year in general, right? And then that's an understatement, <laughs> obviously. But I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been hesitant to ask people the, the five-year question, and I, and I still won't. But the next year, right? What, where do you see, uh, you know, Savvy as we, we head into 2022, right? Maybe a year, year, year thir three months from now. Yeah, I mean, I really see Savvy as building businesses back up. Um, you know, there is, it, it's time to, to sort of revamp the commercial industry. And that's what we're doing by allowing simplicity and allowing not only um, just a, a few installers at a company to program, you know, entire organization of installers to program and to build up the Savvy system. So I really feel that, in a few years, in a couple of years, that Savvy is going to really help develop and build these systems back up after COVID. Because um, the market is going to go back to normal. It's, you know, everybody's itching and dying to get out now. So whenever it, the time does come, it's going to blow up. And there's a lot of people prepping right now as we speak for that to happen. So one of the things that we can do is provide an awesome product line and, and UI for people to really excel on that and expand their businesses when that time comes. So I'm really hoping that people can just build up what, what they've lacked in the past year. All right. John, if you're talking to a new dealer, you're talking straight to somebody who has been, you know, again, XYZ control company, why should they sign up with Savvy? Uh we're able to help you grow your business. Every, the, what's happening to this industry is the network is becoming everything. And what I would suggest is the technical people that might be doing some of the programming now on other user interfaces, go learn the network, learn how to do VLANs, learn how to integrate with a customer's network, learn how to communicate that. Um, and once you can communicate that, and we'll help you with that as well, um, we're, we're, you're able to move to the next generation of what Savvy will bring um, and don't miss out. All right. Eric, you'll have the last word on this. Uh, you're talking to somebody and, and what, what would you have them know? What, what do you hope that they, they find out or 
or what would you tell them if they didn't know about Savvy? And the one thing I would suggest is like when we launched Control 4, just dealers are skeptical and are, it's hard to switch products and they see new things come out and they, they're sometimes hesitant to, to jump in. And with Control 4, we saw the same thing. The big, large, well-known integrators over the years had, uh, wouldn't give us a chance at first. And it was only when newer guys to the industry or smaller dealers started picking up Control 4, like DM Digital Interiors, John and Derek picked up Control 4. They were new to the industry. Uh, when they started disrupting those bigger, more established vendors, that's when they started looking at us. And I would suggest that Savvy could do very similar things. And you should not wait to take a look at it. You should look at it now because it could be a similar thing. Don't wait till you start losing business. Take a look at it now. Also, say hi to Joe from Thoughtful Integrations. He's a good friend. <laughs> I, I will. I, I've been texting him all morning, actually. So, um, Totally different issues. So uh, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Uh, Derek Wilson, uh, John Dorsey, and uh, Mr. Eric Smith, all from Savvy. Uh, you can find them at, at Savvy Control. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, hellosavvy.com. Uh, so you can check them out. Uh, for us, for Aviation, go by our website, aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. Find programs like this and a host of others, actually, including uh, Joe's show. His is his, uh, his called The Thoughtful Home. He interviews um, industry uh, experts and talks directly to the consumer. Uh, so that's an interesting take on it. So check all that out and more at aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. 